0: We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves. And we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash being boss. That's gusto.com slash being boss.
1: Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon.
0: let's do this. I'm excited about talking to you all by myself today, Kathleen. I know it's been a minute
1: since the two of us have hung out just the two of us. So let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm excited about this one. Everybody get ready. As always, you can find our show notes and links and all the things that we mention at www.beingboss.club. So just the other day, I was doing some of the the end-of-the-month admin that you've got to do as a creative entrepreneur. And I noticed on my FreshBooks dashboard that I was just $1,000 shy of hitting my monthly goal. And you guys, it got me in gear. With the click of a button, I sent out some invoices. I got paid within hours, and I met my goals. So FreshBooks Cloud Accounting not only makes getting paid easier... It's gonna help you reach your goals by giving you the status of your business at a glance. Try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. Okay, so before we dig into the meat of today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about an Instagram comment slash question that we got about what it means to do the work. And here's exactly what our listener said. Hi, boss ladies. Thanks for another great episode. I found you about a month ago and have become addicted. I love the topics, your style, tone, and atmosphere. Even though I'm a freelance designer and greeting card maker from Copenhagen, the ups and downs of starting a creative business seem to be pretty much universal. That's true. She mentioned something about taxes, but we won't go there. <laughs> I wondered if you would consider doing an episode about how to get unstuck, and how to keep going. I know you always say just do the work, but sometimes you can get a bit stuck. So do you have any tips on how to do the work, like planning, apps, methods, anything really? Or maybe I overlooked an episode. So once again, thanks, with the little prayer hand emojis. Keep up the good work. P.S., I would love to contribute in some way. Have you considered making some cool t-shirts for listeners to buy? And that's from Maria in Denmark. So first off, Thank you, Maria, for taking the time to listen and to ask us what it means to do the work and how you can contribute. So on contributing, I just want to remind all of you that if you love the show and you like listening, the best way you can contribute is by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, telling a friend about Being Boss, tell them what your favorite episode is, give them one that they'll really resonate with, and finally, sign up for our newsletter list at beingboss.club. All right.
0: So, Emily, what do you think it means to do the work? (laughs) It means to just show up and make the motions that make the thing, I think. I don't know. I, I kind of struggled with this question. I saw this come through on Instagram as well. And one of the reasons why Kathleen and I haven't been showing up to record alone anymore is we're kind of feeling like we're running out of things to say. And that's really not true because we have a shit ton of things to say. We feel like there's only so many times that we can say, do the work. But Maria has challenged us to try another way of telling you how to do the work. And that's what I hope we can do today. But I think for me, the core of it is showing up and doing the motions whatever it may be adding some intentions in that is fantastic all the things we can we can help you build layers on top of that but at the core is just showing up and doing it
1: I know. For me, it's often opening up a laptop. I remember whenever I was graphic designing full time, you know, like I wasn't podcasting and doing all the other things that my role is now. It was simply opening the InDesign file for me it was doing the work. And what I really want you guys to know is that doing the work isn't just one thing, though. It's an entire exploration, and that's what our entire podcast is about. Every single episode is us digging into different facets of what it means to do the work. So the answer to your question is in every single episode, and it's not just one thing. It's going to be different for everyone. It's going to change, and that's why we like interviewing so many people, because what doing the work means for them is something different every single time. All right. So next up, I really want Maria and all of you to know that even the most successful bosses feel stuck from time to time, because this is what she's really asking. Like, how do you get past feeling stuck? So, Emily, when do you feel most stuck and what do you do to get over it?
0: Sure, so getting unstuck is something I definitely can talk about because that does, that is usually like the the point before doing the work that people struggle getting past. I don't think doing the work is the problem. I think that getting to doing the work is the problem, and that unstuckedness is what comes in between. So, whenever I'm feeling just generally stuck, so maybe it's a really fantastic, beautiful sunny Monday like it is today when I when we are recording, and I don't know where to begin, or I don't even know if I want to begin because I'd rather be outside in the beautiful sunny Monday. Um, I just what <laughs> you'd rather be outside <laughs> than hanging out with me right now. Sometimes, Kathleen, I would. I won't take it I would love to be hanging out with you outside. That would be ideal for sure. Um, Except we'd have to stay in the shade for you, and that would be sad for me. (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) Good. Um, But the thing that I do whenever I'm feeling stuck or just not really wanting to do the work is I just show up and get at my to-do list. I know that it's important – usually you hear people to say eat the frog first or do the like biggest grossest thing first but sometimes whenever I'm feeling stuck I want to do something fun and easy first so that I can get the momentum going to continue on with all the other tasks. So it could be something that feels gross like tackling my inbox which for me is usually eating the frog or it could be something fun like designing a new sales page or something like that. Whatever it is I just get started. I get at my to-do list and before I know it it's the end of the day and I totally did all of the things. I do often find that whenever creatives and or business owners um, are struggling with what it is that they want to do next, it's usually because they are being consistently faced with the decision fatigue that comes from making a million little decisions all day long about what it is that they're going to do next.
1: Amen to that. (laughs) There was a point last week whenever I was afraid to open our Slack channel because I literally thought I just don't want to make one more decision. Like I, I can't. And it usually yeah. hits me hard on Friday.
0: For sure. But I find that my to-do list, opposite from Slack. Like, let's not talk about Slack for a second. But my to-do list is the thing that keeps me from getting this decision fatigue. Last week also, Lily went out of town for the week. And David and I were home alone for a whole week. And we kept asking ourselves, what do you want to do next? Like, because. For once, we didn't have a kid following us around, you know, dictating what it was that we were doing. So I literally had to sit down at one point and brain dump a to-do list of all the things that we wanted to do now that we were without the responsibility of having a kid. And that to-do list helped facilitate the next action over and over again so we weren't having to make those decisions. So... I've been super proactive in my business and super mindful of this as well because I know how badly this decision fatigue can totally wreck your productivity. So I've created a massive to-do list of all the things that I have to get done in my business at any given point. So I batch my quote-unquote what-to-do-next decision-making by using project management software to hold everything that I need to do. So I can go at one project, I can create all the tasks and schedule them all so like one batch of decision making will give me things to do for the next two or three weeks. And that for me has been huge in helping me feel consistently unstuck. I never come in really stuck because I just go in, get in my to-do list. There are no decisions to be made. Just start checking them off.
1: Yeah. I want to give you a big high five for that. And it's one of those things that I've really integrated into my process as well. Like if at any point something needs to be done, I stick it in the to-do list. And it used to be that maybe it would ping pong around in my head for a while and I might come back to it in a week and be like, oh yeah, we were going to do that thing. It's kind of like um whenever you're supposed to get together with a friend for lunch and you're like, yeah, let's totally get together sometime and then no one's pulling out their schedules like, it's never going to happen. It's the same thing with your to-do list. If you're feeling stuck and you don't want, know what to do next, like, let's say, you know, even for Maria being a greeting card maker, let's say that she wants to do a round of pitches and like, yeah, that's a great idea. I should do a round of pitches sometime to like magazines or websites that focus on stationery. Don't keep it as just an idea. Start to task it out in your to-do list and you'll make it do. So Emily, I love that you got down into, like, the granular day-to-day how to get unstuck. Mine's a little bit more broad. Whenever I'm feeling stuck, it's usually – it feels more of, like, a midlife crisis type of situation. <laughs> yes. And so whenever that's happening, like, I kind of – I know that I'm stuck whenever I start feeling bored or – or depressed, or kind of like what's the point, or feeling like every everyone is doing the same thing or selling the same thing. Like That's whenever I start to feel really stuck. And so I've just got to get out of my own head. If I am too far into my own work, I forget that there is a whole world of inspiration out there. And it's so easy to begin to believe that the bubble that you interact within, like so from your Facebook groups, to your Instagram feed, to even your You know, local network of peers and creative colleagues, you start to believe that that's all there is, right? And you've made it your whole world in a really good way because you're living what you love, but it can turn on you and you can start to feel like that's all there is. So there's an entire world of inspiration out there. So whenever I'm feeling stuck, first and foremost, getting a trip on the books. Whether that's a day trip or taking – I mean, this sounds cheesy. This isn't even entirely true for me, but taking a new route. Just yesterday, I took Foxy out to this little scholastic book fair where I met our podcast guest, Jessica Lauren. So that was so fun to see her in real life. But on the way back home, I took a wrong turn and I got onto a turnpike where there was not an exit for another 10 miles, which doesn't (laughs) seem very long, but I felt like I was – Going to another state. Like I felt like I was on a long road trip, but it was so – I was kind of grateful for the experience to – I wasn't in a hurry by any means to just kind of like get out of my daily path home and to be forced onto a detour. So on a grander scale though – traveling to a new city or a new state, like finding something new to explore for me is huge whenever it comes to getting unstuck. So it might also even look like trying a new kind of workout. So maybe trying out a bar class that I've never tried or going rock climbing. These are all things that I've done. But at one point they were new to me and they really kind of energized me. I also I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but listening to comedy specials, is huge for me like so just laughter is <laughs> laughter cures
0: all that's cheesy for I sure know it's cheesy but it's so, so true cheesy. I love that. Well, and and I do experience this too. So like there is that like finite like day to day unstuckedness that you have to have to get through. Um, but I often, or the place where I most often feel stuck is whatever I'm trying to flesh out new ideas, or I have this thing in my head that I want to put into the world. It's, it hasn't made itself into that to do list yet. So the process of getting it out of my head and into that. To-do list is where I usually find myself most stuck, and I like to, i the same way. I need to get out, to get out of, like, where I am right now. I have to get away from this computer, guys, like... For my brain to actually work its best, I need to not be sitting where I'm sitting right this second and where I usually sit whenever I'm doing the work, quote unquote. So what I'll have to do is walk away from my computer and I'll either go for a walk. I do love going for a good drive, um, or get in my kitchen and start making something or whatever it may be, just so my brain can do something else and it can wander around whatever idea for sure. And that's usually whenever some great ideas or fleshing out will happen. And then I have to sit down with a big notebook. I cannot do this at the computer. I have to do it on a notebook um, and brainstorm like pen to paper. And so I have several notebooks that like if I were to show them to most people, it's just a jumble of words and weird columns like nothing makes any sense. But it totally makes sense to me. So whenever I'm feeling unstuck, I have discovered this process for, for getting things out of my head. And it includes getting away from it for a minute or two a day or two, and then coming back pen to paper to flesh things out. And then at that point, I'm able to take it, put it into my computer, into my project manage- management system as a timed line list of tasks so that from then on out, there's no decision making. It's just doing the thing I've been wanting to do.
1: You know, and I also want to share that there have been problems to be solved that we've been stuck around for months at a time. Like it isn't always resolved within two or three days as decisive and fast acting as we are, there are some things that just need time to unfold. So I want to throw this out there too, that if you're stuck around kind of a big picture idea or a business model idea or a big marketing idea or even a branding idea, um, you might just need to give it a few, like keep doing the work. So like we're talking about now, going through the motions of making things happen and getting hired and making transactions where you're getting paid to do the work. But if it's like a really big idea, maybe just give it some time to simmer on the back burner a little bit and come back to it whenever you're ready or whenever the idea is ready.
0: For sure. Giving yourself grace and permission to do that, I think, is imperative for a working creative where you cannot be making all the things all the time. If we were to act on every idea we've ever had, shit, shit guys seriously my life would be intense and not the kind of intense that I would enjoy by any means but by giving myself the grace and permission to put things on the shelf for a moment so that I can do the work and also let those ideas marinate and mature into whatever it is they need to do before I take action I think being very mindful of that is super important for um, for putting your energy where it needs to go most in the moment and also not jumping on ideas too terribly early but that's a whole other conversation for another day
1: (laughs) all right so beyond getting stuck on things how how do you like what's your mindset or attitude whenever it comes to doing the work and making sure that like you're still a happy productive person even whenever you're feeling stuck maybe or like kind of grinding through that to-do list Right? Actually doing
0: the things that I don't want to be doing. Right. (laughs) I have to totally set myself up on a sort of reward system to get through most of my days. Or like my to-do list is is thick (laughs) like it's it's quite hefty and sometimes it can be really overwhelming especially on Monday mornings like Monday mornings I usually come in the earliest I'm usually hitting things the hardest because it's overwhelming all the things that I have to get done and I need to get at them or I'll just like lay in bed and cry all day not really but maybe um so I have to give myself or I have like a little reward system where you know if I click all my buttons for the day then I'll treat myself to lunch on the front porch <laughs> instead of at the kitchen counter or wherever it may be. And it's little things. It's little things like that that really, really help. Um, but I also think that like regardless of what I'm tackling and how big my to-do list is, I have to be positive about it. If I were to get up any day and be overly bitchy about what it is that I have to tackle in any given day, let alone being crabby on the daily about it, then I might as well just throw in the towel. And I've I've totally adopted whenever we did our interview with uh, Lisa Congdon and her partner Clay. They're like, We chose this mantra. I have to tell myself that not too often because I do tend to stay pretty positive, but sometimes I have to remind myself that I chose this. So that even if an upcoming day or week is super overwhelming or just really fucking mundane, I chose it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to enjoy it. Otherwise, don't bother. what about you (laughs) amen
1: (laughs) that all sounded very positive
0: (laughs) (laughs) should i love my job and like i also i get to do cool shit or we get to do really really cool shit and it's still work though like whenever i have a totally still work Right, whenever I have a task on my to-do list that like it's Friday and we're releasing a mini sewed about cocktails and I have to go do an Instagram story where I'm making a cocktail, that is still a task on my to-do list that I cannot mark off until end of day Friday, so no doing it early. And actually the day that I had to do that, if you guys aren't familiar, a couple weeks ago we did a cocktail mini sewed I wanted to do an Instagram story. It was a great idea weeks in advance, so I made myself a task. Or I even think Caitlyn did it, which is even worse. When someone else gives you a task, it's like a whole other level of what the fuck. So Friday comes around. I did not want to make a cocktail. I did not want to do that shit. (laughs) But it was on my list, and I really did want to do it. And so for me, that was one of those moments where I had to just do it and smile and I loved it the cocktail was fantastic and the whole time thinking yes this is my job and this is a pretty sweet job if ever there were one so even like even the really exciting things can feel really mundane but it's keeping that positive attitude that makes you enjoy the fun things as well as the not so fun things
1: okay I want to dig into a couple of things that you said there because I have mm-hmm. a few ideas. Like, this is behind-the-scenes real chat, you guys. Good. Help me out, Kathleen. So one thing <laughs> is that... Um, whenever it comes to other people tasking you with to-dos, one of the things that I love about our Wednesday morning meetings with our entire team is that we are all just kind of chatting through our week and our tasks and our to-dos. We're kind of blending big vision ideas with daily grind tasks that we need to get done. But what's cool about it is that because we all use the same project management software – Typically, everybody's tasking themselves with things to do or like we're kind of talking about it out loud. So it doesn't feel so much like everyone's the boss of everyone else. Right. It's kind of like we've set our team up so that they are the boss of themselves in a lot of ways. Yes. But one thing I was thinking is that we always have a Monday morning huddle, the two of us, kind of over slack. And I've been realizing that it gives me a little bit of anxiety, like waking up (laughs) Monday morning, knowing that I'm about to get like a list right of like here's what you've got on your plate here's what I need from you and here's what we're doing right yep so I was thinking and I got in yesterday Sunday evening I
0: noticed Kathleen got ahead of me this week guys she was like fuck you Emily I'm doing it first yeah (laughs) because
1: like I had anxiety about it you know (laughs) so what I was thinking is I wonder if and if Mondays are already crazy for you with hitting Mm -hmm. the ground running we should do those on Fridays like either Friday mornings or idea. Friday afternoons and kind of like here's what's happening in the week ahead. And it might help us prepare more instead of feeling like we're jumping into cold water on Monday morning or hot right. water, depending on what <laughs> depending we've on done.
0: Season. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm totally down for shifting that. That's actually a really good idea because I usually get in... I usually do a quick look through of all of my things Friday, end of day. Like I'm done with all my things for the week. I'm not going to work anymore. But what do I have looking ahead? And then I always do an even more hardcore, like what's ahead for my week, either Sunday morning or or Sunday night or Monday morning. But if I could do that Friday night, I wouldn't have to worry about doing it Sunday night or Monday morning. So there we go. This is what it looks like, you guys, to do the work in action. We have discussions like this. Love that idea. I'm totally down. I'm sorry it gives you anxiety. Let's fix it.
1: No, like not in a bad way and not even in a real obvious way. It's one of those things where I didn't realize how much it was maybe weighing on me and more than anything, probably just because I work out first thing Monday morning. So I don't even see it until three hours after you've written it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Emily must think I'm slacking whenever like it's my same work schedule that I've always had. Right. No, I
0: know you're coming in later. It's fine. But no, I think that's a that's a wonderful solution.
1: All right. So I wanted to share one of my mindset tricks for not necessarily getting unstuck, but getting really focused. And for me, of all time, like if I could just pick one thing, if yours is like being positive and I chose this, mine is getting really specific about what it is that I want. So really thinking about what I want to be doing all day thinking about what I want to be doing in a year from now, and really visualizing it. So that might be getting on Pinterest and making a mood board of what it looks and feels like to live the life that I want, or even writing a really detailed story. So we were up in Toronto for our fresh books event. When was that? Last October? October, yeah. Hashtag Being Boss Toronto. And we hung out with my friend Tammy Falds, and she's a life coach who uses a specific practice called Bhavana? Bavana. Bavana? Oh, I remember talking I'm about this over drinks one this. night. That's
0: not the state, in and which I can you never. Tell new, I can new words. I,
1: <laughs> I can never say it, but it's basically writing out a very detailed story about what you want and getting as detailed as possible, and. Our coach or my coach, Jay Pryor, tells me this all the time, which is, if you can see it, it's yours. And so those are kind of the mantras that run through my head every single time whenever I'm feeling stuck or even need to get focused. It's like, okay, what do I want? And this is everything from where do I want to live to what do I want to be doing all day, like my work, to what do I want to make next? All of it.
0: No, I think I think that's really important, being able to get super, super Specific about what it is that you want gives you the path forward. Whereas if you don't know what you're working for, you're just going to be all over the place because there's no end point. But if you can create that end point, doing the work is so much more focused and also um, not what is the word I'm looking for? Not forgiving, but. Um, gratifying because you know you're working for the thing that you want. So I think that makes doing the work a lot easier. You're much more likely to actually show up and do it if you know what will happen once you're done.
1: So we're friends with a lot of very successful and driven entrepreneurs. I listen to a lot of podcasts where some like major entrepreneurs are being profiled. So we're talking Richard Branson, like the top dogs, right? Oprah, all these people. And so I wanted for us to brainstorm some ideas about the qualities and characteristics that really successful people Um, portray whenever it comes to their mindset specifically. So whether that's around getting unstuck or getting focused or just doing the work. So one of the first ones that I thought about was always being like a student of life, always learning something new. So whether that's reading books or just having conversations with mentors or listening to podcasts, I think that the most incredibly successful people I've watched are constantly continuing their education. They're taking courses. They're practicing their craft. They're doing it all the time. So that's Yeah,
0: I agree with that. I also think part of that is also being open to be proven wrong. I think whenever people shut themselves off to learning, they're shutting – or if they're shutting themselves off to learning, they're probably the kind of people who will, like, say the thing and then – be sure they're so right that they won't listen to anyone else's like opinions or facts and i think that whenever you can have an opinion or you know give direction or whatever but be open to learning that maybe your way isn't the right way or that your answer isn't the one then you are much more open for growth and evolution which i think is super important for someone who wants to show up and do the work. You can um, be better at doing the work if you learn from others.
1: And I think that that plays into just being really curious. And so even from our Instagram question, like, how do you get unstuck? One of my ways is just asking a ton of questions. Like, how could we be doing this better? And it's something that we do all the time. How could we be doing this better? What's working? What's not working? What could be refined? Um, Who could we learn more from? Getting really super curious. Like, why? Why are we doing it this way? Why is everyone else doing it this way is a really great way to get into a mindset that's going to lead to success or, or just a lot of confusion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are the, I think there is, I think there is the possibility for being overly curious. I think people can use curiosity or, use like never-ending curiosity as a way to procrastinate actually doing the work which I think is a sticky place to get into so just curious enough for sure but not so curious that you're just asking questions and not doing anything else
1: oh damn
0: right Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that's a good point point. and you know I think that there's these juxtapositions with all of this whenever it comes I think it's all a balance
0: I think you can I think you can learn too much and never actually take action I think you can be overly curious and not ever actually take action but I think some of this is all very important um I also I also think that um a boss needs to tap into some luck a little bit. Yes. I love this one a ton because I do believe in luck for sure. But I think you have to prepare yourself for luck. I think you have to put yourself in the right place at the right time. I don't think you just happen upon it. Um, So I think well, there's like this really cool saying and everyone should know that we suck at these sayings. but something about like success is where preparation meets luck or something like or that. Or like
1: luck shows up whenever you're doing the work.
0: Maybe maybe we can just make up these by ourselves. <laughs> I like the sentiment. Hopefully you guys know what we're going for. But that's how I feel about luck is that you have to you have to meet it. Um, That it does not just come to you. So I also think part of luck is having that positive attitude. I think you can believe you're unlucky. I think you can. Believe that nothing good will ever happen to you and you'll be right. But I think you can go into the world thinking that if I do these things, great things will happen, then you'll also probably be right. So I think luck is something you do have to cultivate.
1: Yeah, I once saw a study that kind of measured luck and it was literally the same for everybody. It's just that people (laughs) either identified as lucky or unlucky. So it was like truly up to them. But I believe in a little extra luck and really taking note of luck. And I think that's something you do a great job of, Emily, is taking note of synchronicities. And that's where it like shines big time. So I've been listening to a lot of How I Built This. That I've talked about it a lot on this mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're not advertising with us. <laughs> no, this is just I Catholic. love it. So whenever they're profiling like the founder of Whole Foods or the founder of Patagonia, I feel like a lot of them have talked about how they were working just as hard as any of us, right? They just got lucky. And that was the difference between millions and billions. So I'm still working toward the millions, but I think that luck is what will get us the billions.
0: <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. I'm going to start rubbing my pennies together or whatever it is that you're supposed to do to bring good luck. I don't know. Cross my fingers and my toes. Um, I agree. But beyond luck, I think that being kind and being honest are two that are super important. And that's being kind with others and yourself and honest with others as well as as yourself. Those are some basic ones, guys. Super basic ones that are very important. You still need to practice them.
1: Right. And, you know, just stuff like knowing your strengths and weaknesses. I know that that's shifted my work. And my mindset whenever I just know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and then doing what I want. Yeah. Like get unstuck by doing what you want to do.
0: Right. For sure. And I think that even like getting down to like business model, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, like, you know, for designers who are doing branding but hate websites but do it anyway, even though they know they suck at it or whatever it may be. Don't do them. Know your strengths and weaknesses. Double down on your strengths and find ways to either overcome or ignore your weaknesses. (laughs) Whatever needs to be the case. Um, I also think that part of being able to show up and do the work effectively is owning your shit, whatever you think that may mean. I think that people who don't succeed are the people who are passing the blame to other people or people who aren't handling problems whether they're their own problems or someone else's problems that you just need to shut up and fix and go on with your life whatever it may be I think that I think that a boss knows how to knows how to own their shit and problem solve along the way
1: yes and then also just persevere like keep doing it
0: keep doing
1: it every keep day showing
0: up every all the time. single day I agree. So I want to talk I want to talk for a second about one of the things that sort of prompted this episode, or at least us wanting to dive into this a little bit more. When we were in New Orleans a couple of months ago, shooting our book photos, we were having lunch uh, in between photo shoots at this really cool restaurant in the quarter. And we were just like sitting there. It's me, you, and our friend Sarah Becker Lillard, who was doing our photos. We were just chatting and we were talking about, we were talking about the book and we were talking about our team and how things were going with, with the things that we were doing and the upcoming projects and things that we want to do. Like it was just like fun, girl time, business talk, lots of food, little, little booze as well. It's a great time. (laughs) Um, and there was this guy who was sitting at the bar and we noticed him being kind of chatty with the, um, with the bartender. He was there alone, and we were just talking though, minding our own business. And as we were getting up to leave, he stopped and he stopped us to ask us our advice. Which I thought well, was Well, he goes, great. "Can
1: I ask you guys a question?" And I was like, "Oh, great! Right here, what it here now? we go." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was so funny because he was like, "You guys look like I don't know. You're in charge." <laughs> Right?
0: You guys look like you know what you're doing.
1: (laughs) And we were talking about business. So we were and Oh, we're not the quietest people. We're not. (laughs) We're not not dainty ladies.
0: No. (laughs) We're definitely guffawing and telling everyone our business whether they want to know it or not. Sorry, uh not sorry.
1: (laughs) But we're talking about things like our book because obviously we were there shooting our book. We were talking about our team and roles. I mean, whenever Emily and I get together, literally if we're sharing a hotel room, before the light comes on, we might be talking about work. So we're talking about upcoming projects and dreams and ideas. And so I think that he really noticed not only the stuff that we were talking about, but that we were having a really good time talking about business. Like talking shop is our hobby. I mean, that's how this podcast started. And I think that he noticed that we were conveying confidence whenever we were talking about it. But then also I think that he probably thought that we were somewhat approachable maybe had nothing to do that with the fact that we were in full hair and makeup for a photo shoot
0: right or maybe we just looked fantastic and he wanted to chat with us next which i'm totally down for i mean whatever it was he thought that he could he could stop us for a chat and so we did
1: yeah and so he was having a problem Do you want to share with our listeners what that was?
0: Sure. Let's see if I can remember it. More or less, (laughs) um, before he had went on vacation to the French Quarter for a couple of days, he, um, he had hired a new assistant, and the new assistant had showed up and was fantastic, was sort of dream assistant material. She was there for two or three days, and then just before he left, she didn't come in the last day before he left and didn't call... Didn't email nothing, just total no show. And then I think the next day, like the day he left, she also didn't show up. And then once he got there, she texted him and it was some mess about like not feeling well. And he was wanting to know what he should do because the right thing would have been for her to text or email or call the first day and say, I'm not coming to work. And the second day and the second day and the third day like if you're
1: not coming to work you need to let someone know every single day that you're not
0: coming in agreed and so especially like new job all the things and so his question for us was what would you do what would you do in this situation are we answering that on air uh well we don't have sure i don't know yeah i i
1: can't remember what i said i, can't I think really i was remember like i, I think i go she's out I think you did, and I was like, I think I'd
0: consider giving her a second chance, because I do remember us both, like, having opposing views, as we usually do.
1: Which is funny, because I just had a situation like this,
0: and you were like... She's gone. And I was like, I'm going to give her a second chance. (laughs) It's all, actually, I also was a Pim's Cup date. (laughs) And therefore, significantly more forgiving. Um, So if Emily's your boss, give her a drink before having a hard conversation. Right? I'll be much more pleasant, for sure. And that's just general. General conversation, for sure. Um, So I, I can't remember how it all ended up ending. But I remember leaving thinking... You know, quite often we have conversations about like what dudes think of us as like cute little creative entrepreneurs doing their thing. But to be, you know, in a place where we're having conversations about how legit our business is, to have a dude, a grown man, an older man stop us to ask us our opinion for a scenario such as this gave us both not didn't give us confidence because I think neither of us lack confidence in that area at all, but was sort of a note of like, you know what? We are bosses, fuck.
1: (laughs) I know. You know, I hate to say that that incident was validating because I don't need my bossness to be validated by some middle-aged white dude. But it was kind of validating. And I think it's because, I mean, we're coming from centuries of – You know like guys being in charge And we're coming from A culture and society that values Suits more than it values creativity And so for us to be In the middle of this incredibly creative City working on a very Creative project that we were getting paid To do not
0: sitting in suits Having booze Cussing and laughing as we're talking About our business and then to have some guy Value our opinion Was it was gratifying For sure
1: it felt like a certain amount of just recognition or even acknowledgement from from what has been deemed as capital p professional
0: agreed and so and we wanted to share the story as just like as a showcase of what showing up like a boss can look like to other people. And again, not that we're like super concerned about what everyone thinks about us, even though as a brand, you obviously should. Um, Kathleen and I have cultivated not only a brand that showcases this like we're boss, we do the work, whatever it may be. But we exude this in public when we're having private conversations. As you are practicing these values, as you are showing up and doing the work and giving it your all, and all the things that we preach consistently, people notice and it matters to people. And they see you as someone who is an expert or a professional or someone who can help, even if you break all the traditional molds. Kathleen and I were there, full hair makeup, like tattoos showing, drinks in our hands all the things and I we was were, probably
1: wearing a see-through shirt.
0: Uh I think maybe I uh, had no not that day. I think you were <laughs> fully covered that day. Um maybe that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it may be, that was a moment for us, or we, we saw these like these pillars of bossness come together for us in a way that, um, that showed us that the work that we're doing, not only like in our business, but what it's done for us personally, is definitely putting us where we want to be. We want to be the kind of women in business that not only women look up to, but men do as well, because the shit that we're doing is real.
1: Yeah, and that's a whole other conversation that we'll be We'll save that soon. one
0: f- for later.
1: <laughs> so I feel like there's so much more that we could say on the subject of getting unstuck and getting focused and what it means to do the work and really run it through all of our pillars. But today we talked a lot about mindset, and I think that's probably a good place to stop. And we'll make sure to cover more around what it means to do the work whenever it comes to habits and routines, boundaries, boundaries money, and even, you know, processes and apps and tools that we use. So if you guys haven't checked out any of our archives, be sure to scroll through and pick one that stands out to you. Listen to it, share it with a friend, have a conversation about it, and you'll really start to uncover what it means to you
0: to do the work. Bazinga. And then you can go have cocktails in New Orleans and hope to get hit on slash ask for advice by some dude too he did not hit on us that's rude of me
1: no not at all i i feel like i'm gonna have a vulnerability hangover about that conversation because i think like ultimately i don't know there's like a certain amount of acknowledgement which makes me think like if you need acknowledgement a lot of us are doing work by ourselves and we feel like what are we working for it's it's hard to kind of work in a vacuum if you feel isolated or like you're not being seen or heard by anyone so i think it was just like a good moment of i don't know
0: being seen right of well it, proof i think it was a good proof. moment of proof
1: where a which is something that
0: you need occasionally so thank you man at kingfish you win <laughs> This
1: episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us. And you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brame. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our being counter, David Austin. With support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work,
0: be boss, and we'll see you next week.